What's going on? Matt Savoka here from awesomeo.com bringing you the week 18 DraftKings contenders video for the main slate, the very last main slate of the regular season. It's gone really fast this year, and we've got a really compelling slate on our hands here. A ton of teams with a ton to play for, not so many teams planning on resting their starters as we often see in the final week of the season. Before we get into this one though, go ahead and like this video, subscribe to the channel so that you always know when we're going live. You guys know what to do, it's week 18. And if you could give me, Matt Savoka, a follow on Twitter at Draftaholic, that would be much appreciated as well. We'd also like to thank our presenting sponsors, uh, Prize Picks. Prize Picks has an ad at the bottom of the screen here, and we've got a ton of offers right now. Prize Picks, if you don't know, is offering player props contests for all major sports, even some minor sports. If you've got niche sports knowledge, get into Prize Picks today because you can utilize that knowledge for cash. You can use promo code AWESOMO as well to get a $100 first match deposit bonus, and it doesn't stop there. If you go to AWESOMO.com slash dash promo you can get a month of AWESOMO Plus Platinum when you sign up for prize picks today. Do not miss out on these excellent offers. Okay, guys, on the screen here, you will see my top 10 defenses for DraftKings for this main slate. As usual, we're seeing a bit of ambivalence when it comes to these defenses. This is a high variance position. And so we're really saying play what fits, play with what correlates with your running backs or with the rest of your lineup spots here but we have the titans at four percent chance of being in the optimal lineup the buccaneers and rams just slightly ahead with a five percent chance of being in the optimal lineup and then the steelers dolphins and football team round out the six ten through six of the top ten defenses then the vikings and cardinals sit at a seven percent chance and then this makes more sense the bills at eight percent chance of being in the optimal lineup playing the jets who they looked okay last week against the buccaneers nearly won that game but we're projecting a regression here once again to a more typical 2021 Jets production against an excellent Buffalo Bills defense they're in the optimal lineup eight percent of the time that still is not quite enough to catch the Browns in the optimal lineup 10 percent of the time because they're playing the Bengals without Joe Burrow without Joe Mixon it really doesn't look good for the Bengals especially with that the absences on the Cincinnati side Cleveland starting a backup quarterback, it might not matter. They're getting under 10 fantasy points in 62% of our simulations, and they're still the number one defense. Again, play what fits. Let's move on to the other positions. Moving on to the tight end position, number five, John Bates. And you're going to see a running theme here. Two different groups of tight ends making it into the top five. One, it's a group of tight ends with salaries around 3K that you're really hoping just fall into the end zone with one of their maybe three or four catches. Others with legitimate ceilings of over 30 fantasy points, but you got to pay up in salary for them. That's the exciting thing about simulations. Sometimes one of those two groups sneaks in and not the other. Certainly John Bates of the Washington football team fits into that former group. Doesn't have a 30-point ceiling, really, in his range of outcomes, a 0.4% chance, to be exact. But you do play tight ends on teams that are favored by seven points on the road here against the Giants, who have shown absolutely no fight for Coach Joe Judge. They are 26th in PFS team defensive grades. So John Bates, who has played 92% of snaps last week and has had seven targets over the last two weeks, not nothing. He could easily hit that median projection of 8.6 points and then at 3k you're talking about a solid solid value option 
As I said, not a ton of ceiling here, but sneaking into the optimal lineup 10% of the time. At number four, it's Rob Gronkowski. And here's an example of the other category of tight end. Over 30 fantasy points and nearly 10% of our simulations. And while the volatility of the tight end position exists for every player, including Gronkowski, he's still under 10 fantasy points and a pretty impressive just 29% of the time. Gronkowski was held to just two targets against the same Carolina team in week 16. But between those two weeks, 10 targets last week, 11 targets in week 16 or week 15, excuse me. So you're going to have a pretty high target ceiling. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to need Rob Gronkowski down the stretch here. No Chris Godwin, no Antonio Brown. So it's Gronkowski and it's Evans who are going to be target monsters here and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored by eight points they're a top five team in PFF team offensive grades they still have a lot going for them on offense so it's 6300 not surprised to see Rob Gronkowski sneaking into the optimal lineup just over 10 percent of the time at number three it's Hayden Hurst and Hayden Hurst is back to that first category we talked about similar to John Bates at number five he doesn't have a lot of ceiling here. He is literally getting 30 fantasy points in 0.0% of our simulations. But this comes down to who does Atlanta throw to if Kyle Pitts is out in this game. Hayden Hurst's snap, snap share will skyrocket in that case. We know that. But Russell Gage might be the receiver one overall in that offense. But Matt Ryan has to throw to somebody else in, uh, in this game. And while the total is not tremendously high, just 40 points, and the matchup sure doesn't look great, the number 20th ranked offense versus the number two defense, if Hayden Hurst plays a lot, he's probably going to get four to six targets. And if one of those is in the end zone, he manages to grab it. He's probably getting into the optimal lineup as a value play. That's all you need at 3,200 for a tight end. Sneaking in to the optimal lineup nearly 11% of the time. Obviously, you want Gronk in a tournament or any sort of ceiling situation. But still, math doesn't lie here. 11% of the time, Hayden Hurst is the optimal tight end. At number two, it's George Kittle playing the Los Angeles Rams. Huge implications for both teams. And with San Francisco missing a ton of starters in the secondary, there are some shootout shootout signs, a lot of shootout potential in this game, despite a middling 44 and a half point total. We don't even know who's going to be starting at quarterback, but whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, we still think that George Kittle is going to get plenty of usage here, much more than the usage he's seen in the last two weeks. Two targets last week. Come on. Three targets the week before that inexcusable for a player with the talent of George Kittle. I'd like to see him back up to the week 14, week 13 levels when he had 15 targets and 12 targets in back-to-back -back weeks, and he responded incredibly. Over 150 receiving yards in both games. Back to that ceiling category of tight end, of course, with Kittle. He's scoring over 30 fantasy points in nearly 15% of our simulations, and yeah, he's scoring under 10 fantasy points in about 18 to 19% of our simulations. I don't think that's going to happen here. The Los Angeles Rams defense is good but so is the overall execution of the san francisco 49ers offense kittle is getting 10 plus fantasy points here i think it gets closer to the median of 17 and at 6700 easily could sneak into the optimal lineup right now in our latest sims it's a 13 percent chance of it happening and at number one at the tight end position it's zach Ertz, 5300 salary with ceiling projections that rival players like george kittle like rob gronkowski 
I'm surprised to see Mark Andrews outside of the top 10, but hey, that's the way it goes sometimes in these simulations. Zach Ertz is kind of that Goldilocks tight end. He's got ceiling and he's got value, not quite at 3K, but 5,300 is a pretty significant salary dip from players like Gronkowski and Kittle. And the median projection is just as solid, 15.3 fantasy points in our latest run of simulations. He's got over 30 fantasy points and 11% of our simulations. And we think this game, Arizona versus Seattle, 48 point total could easily hit it or go beyond its projected total so there should be plenty of passing and plenty of scoring for a player like Ertz who has kind of become the de facto number one option in this Arizona passing attack since it was announced that DeAndre Hopkins was lost for the year a pretty significant boost in terms of optimal lineup percentage for Zach Ertz compared to the rest of the field Zach Ertz in the optimal lineup a solid 17 percent of the time the wide receiver position michael pittman comes in at number five playing the jacksonville jaguars and we project that the colts will steamroll the jaguars this week just as the patriots did last week my goodness jacksonville is 15 point underdogs against the colts who obviously they like to be a run first team but you could see the jaguars try to sell out to stop jonathan taylor and if that happens expect carson wentz to lean on michael pittman who has had 18 targets over his last two games, including three in the red zone. He's had six receptions in back-to-back -back games, and we've seen a 30-point game from him this season already. We know it's in the range of outcomes, even for this run-focused team who could be running out the clock, especially in, this, in the second half of this game. We're seeing him score 30 fantasy points, as he did in week eight, nearly 15% of the time, I guess 14% of the time in our latest run of simulations. But 15 fantasy points for a player under 6K on DraftKings when we need three wide receivers in our lineup. So no matter what we do, that is unignorable value. Not surprised to see him popping in the optimal lineup just ahead of Russell Gage. 14% of the time. At number four, it's Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs and the Bills are playing the New York Jets. Their number one seed is potentially in play for the Buffalo Bills. And while this game has been taken off the board in some places, when it was on the board, the Bills were favored by over two touchdowns. 16 points I saw in some places here. And yeah, so basically no love for the New York Jets after having a pretty impressive game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a bad defense right now and the Bills have anything but. Still, I think the passing attack of the Buffalo Bills is worth leaning on on DraftKings this week and that starts with Stephon Diggs in the receiving game. A median projection of 18.8 fantasy points and getting over 30 fantasy points in nearly a quarter of our simulations. Actually, more than a quarter of our simulations. So, he's getting over 30 fantasy points in many, many more of our sims than he's scoring under 10 fantasy points. Sign me up for that. I know Stephon Diggs is kind of in that mid-range of wide receivers in terms of salary this week, but the matchup is too enticing to pass up. Play a bunch of Stephon Diggs against the Jets. Come on. At number three, it's A.J. Brown. Tennessee Titans playing the Houston Texans, and while eventually this game might get so out of hand that the Titans are just leaning on Donta Foreman for at least one more week before Derrick Henry comes back, A.J. Brown himself is just one week removed from a 60 target 200 plus air yard game against the San Francisco excuse me San
San Francisco 49ers in week 16. That's why we're seeing AJ Brown score 30 fantasy points in 20% of our simulations. And just like Stefan Diggs, he's scoring under 10 fantasy points in 18%. So less of the simulations than he's scoring 30 fantasy points. I'm not surprised to see an 18.5 median projection for Brown. This game obviously could get out of hand quickly, with which would mean Tennessee would lean on the run more. But I think the way they get ahead is by connecting Tannehill and A.J. Brown multiple times deep. I think A.J. Brown goes off this week. He is in the optimal lineup 19% of the time. At number two, it's Justin Jefferson playing the Chicago Bears. The Minnesota Vikings, despite being eliminated from playoff contention, they are five and a half point favorites at home against the Bears. Minnesota has a respectable offensive grade via PFF, 12th in the NFL. The Bears, not so much. They're 27th in the NFL in PFF's team defensive grades. And the, the Vegas lines are not giving the Bears much of a chance to win here. Jefferson has had 11 targets last week, 12 targets the week before that, 10 targets the week before that, 15 targets the week before that. I'm thinking double-digit targets are in Justin Jefferson's future here. And 30 fantasy points are in nearly a third of our simulations here, 31.6% of the time to be exact. His median projection is over 20 fantasy points. So if you don't have the salary to get up to a player like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson has an equally high floor, median, and ceiling projection. He is in the optimal lineup 19.3% of the time. Love me some Justin Jefferson this week. And at number one at the wide receiver position, it's DJ Moore. Nearly a 24% chance of being in the optimal lineup. And similar to Zach Ertz at the tight end position, it's because he's got a similar median projection and ceiling projection. He's getting over 30 fantasy points nearly 20% of the time. And his salary is just a little bit lower, actually significantly lower than a player like Diggs or something like that. 5,800. I know the Carolina Panthers offense has been a mess basically all year. They're eight-point underdogs. They're the 31st-ranked PFF team offensive team, so it doesn't look good. But DJ Moore has had 19 targets over his last two games. He's had double-digit targets in three of his last four games. And while that hasn't necessarily resulted in a huge amount of receiving yards, that is the level of opportunity where we often see a breakout happening here. So I'm not surprised to see 16.7% of our simulations getting under 10 fantasy points for DJ Moore. We know the floor is low on the Carolina Panthers, even against the Tampa Bay defense, which has struggled in the secondary. Still, the floor, median, and ceiling are unignorably good at that 5,800 salary. He is in the optimal lineup nearly a quarter of the time. At number five, Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. Positive game script here for sure, playing the Chicago Bears 27th best defense according to PFF and Dalvin Cook said publicly this week that the Vikings plan on going all out despite being eliminated from the playoffs here Cook could easily see 30 opportunities as he did in two of his last three games kind of a down week from a usage standpoint last week against Minnesota we expect that with Sean Mannion at the helm this week Kirk Cousins back under center and we're seeing Cook with a very similar median projection as we do typically with Kirk in the lineup. And we've seen typical usage for Cook when he's in the lineup as well. He's fifth in the NFL in total carries, fifth in total rush yards, and ninth in fantasy points 
per game. And from an elusiveness standpoint, he's been pretty good as well. 10th in total evaded tackles and fourth in breakaway run rate, your ability to turn a rush into 10 yards or more. So in a third of our simulations, Dalvin Cook is getting to that ceiling score over 30 fantasy points. And the floor is excellent as well because of that projected volume. Only 5% of the time is he scoring less than 10 fantasy points. He is a player you can lean on. The only problem here is salary and other high salary players that you want to prioritize more so than Cook. Still, Cook's medium projection is excellent. He is in the optimal lineup 16% of the time. At number four, it's Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb may not play in this game, but if he does, he looks like an excellent option. You play running backs who are projected to get a ton of usage on teams that are favored by six points. And this game may not have a lot of scoring with both the Browns and the Bengals having backup quarterbacks under center and the Bengals not even having Joe Mixon in the backfield. But Nick Chubb, assuming the game script goes the way Vegas spreads indicate it will, then he should be a solid option. The thing is, our math doesn't necessarily know how injured Chubb is right now. And it looked like his top speed was hampered in that game Monday night. They announced that Chubb has a rib injury, but still... 27% of the time in our simulations, Chubb is getting over 30 fantasy points. I'm not really sure how likely that is to happen. I, I don't know if that number is truly 20%, but double-digit fantasy points looks like a very, very viable option here. He's scoring over 20 fantasy points over 50% of the time here. So at 7,900, Chubb is a an excellent option here, assuming he plays in the optimal lineup 16% of the time. At number three, Sony Michelle. The Rams are four and a half point favorites. Daryl Henderson not gonna play in this game, of course. And Sony Michelle has been a workhorse for this team over the last few weeks. 24 total opportunities last week. That's after 31 total opportunities the week before that. If this game is a positive game script for the Rams and they get ahead, Sony Michelle is going to run out the clock on this week 18 game here. A 17 point median projection for a 6K running back. Let's go. Just 30 fantasy points in 10% of our sims. Yeah, the, the ceiling is not the same as a player like Dalvin Cook or a healthy Nick Chubb, but still. The Rams are a top-rated offense, number five in the NFL. This total is relatively high, at least for this week. And while the matchup is not superb, it's not terrible either. So the volume is just what we're going to lean on here, especially at the middling salary in the optimal lineup over a fifth of the time for Sony Michelle. At number two, Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in the NFL this season, is in a dream matchup in week 18, playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, he's on the road, but they are 15-point favorites, and they have a lot to play for playoff and playoff seeding-wise. Jonathan Taylor and the Colts are just league average in terms of PFF team offensive grades, but Jonathan Taylor as a rusher is anything but average. Number one in the NFL in evaded tackles per touch. Number one in the NFL in total evaded tackles. Number one in the NFL in total breakaway runs. Number one in the NFL in rush yards. Number one in total touchdowns. It's been an unbelievable year for Jonathan Taylor. A median projection north of 26 fantasy points, nearly 27. Are you kidding me? You're getting into Christian McCaffrey territory and you're scoring over 30 fantasy points nearly 50% of the time. 
you can't get away from Jonathan Taylor. If he fits in your lineup, please, please, for goodness sakes, play Jonathan Taylor against the Jaguars. And at number one at the running back position, this is a value play. The ceiling is pretty good, but not like Jonathan Taylor. Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team should have this backfield pretty much all to his own. Missed last week on the COVID-19 list, but Gibson is getting plenty of usage when he is the workhorse running back. In the week 16 game, he only had 10 touches, but 22 touches overall, excuse me, opportunities the week before that. That's the kind of workload we're expecting, especially in the game script that Vegas projects. Yeah, there are not a lot of points projected here. The touchdown upside is a little bit lower, but at 5,800, when you got a running back who's easily going to see 20 opportunities, that's how this player gets into the optimal lineup nearly a third of the time that's happening right now right now he's got a nearly 20 fantasy point median projection over 30 fantasy points in 22 percent of our simulations obviously jonathan taylor is the preferred play if salary didn't matter but if you don't have that salary and you need a value option and you need projected volume you can't do better than antonio gibson this week in the optimal line of 32 percent of the time and finally the quarterback position number five Carson Wentz yeah we've been over this already with other players on this team the Indianapolis Colts have no excuse but to crush the Jacksonville Jaguars as they march into the playoffs this year Carson Wentz coming back from COVID-19 looked a little bit off last week 180 Oh, excuse me, 148 passing yards in that surprise loss to the Raiders. They need to get back on track this week. And it's possible that the Jaguars sell out to stop the run, in which case Carson Wentz will need to win this game through the air. And he's only been so-so this season in terms of efficiency. 12th in adjusted yards per attempt, ninth in expected points added. That's pretty good in some advanced metrics, but he's 18th in true passer rating. He needs to stay accurate and avoid turnovers here. If he does, he can get over 30 fantasy points as he does in 16.8% of our latest simulations. Still, Wentz is a middling option. I don't love him for tournaments, but he's in the optimal lineup 7% of the time. At number four, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. When this game was available to bet on, it was a 16 point spread. So that lets you know what the Vegas lines think of the Bills here. Josh Allen has a chance to absolutely smash against a Jets defense who it's being generous to call them the 31st best defense in the NFL. They are they are flirting with dead last in nearly every important defensive statistical measure. And Josh Allen and the Bills are top 10 in most offensive metrics. They're 11th in PFF team offensive grades. A 50% chance of Josh Allen scoring 30 fantasy points. The only thing difficult here is salary. 8,100 is tough to get to in, in certain types of lineup constructions. But if you can get there, Allen looks superb this week. A 25-point median projection in the optimal lineup 9% of the time. At number three, Ryan Tannehill. And this one is okay for me because I think that eventually Tennessee gets to a point where they're just running the clock out and the Houston Texans cannot stop anybody on the ground. But Ryan Tannehill certainly has the ability to win games through the air. He hasn't had more than 209 yards passing since week 11. 
So I understand that the simulations are saying he has a 22% chance of getting over 30 fantasy points, but a lot of things have to go right here. He has to lean on AJ Brown in the receiving game, and then he's got to maybe run in a touchdown at the goal line, which he's been wont to do every once in a while. But still, it's really just a medium projection to get compared to a 6K salary on DraftKings, and the fact that the, the Titans are favored by 10 points here. It doesn't, it doesn't jump off the page by any means. They have about a 5 to 6% chance of being the top stacks in our top stacks tool, but that's not zero, and that's really the only thing I'm looking at here. I'd much rather have Josh Allen, but in the latest simulations, Ryan Tannehill popping as the optimal quarterback 9.3% of the time. At number two, it's Kyler Murray, highest total game on the slate. Arizona is favored by nearly a touchdown against Seattle, and we saw Seattle come alive offensively against the Detroit Lions. And while Arizona isn't nearly as bad as Detroit in the secondary, they have given up some big games despite putting things together last week nicely against the Cowboys. They're still ranked 19th in PFF's team defensive grades, which is why we're seeing Kyler get over uh, 30 fantasy points in 36. 7% of our latest simulations, nearly a 0% chance of scoring under 10 fantasy points here, especially with what Kyler can do with his legs. 7,400 is kind of that sweet spot from a salary perspective too, especially when you consider a median projection that's well over 22, 23 fantasy points here. Kyler Murray and this offense are still finding their ground, finding their footing without DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup, but there are so many ways for this to go right. Not surprised to see Kyler Murray in the optimal lineup 10% of the time. And finally, the number one play on DraftKings, at least the number one value play. Now, we are just recording this on Friday afternoon, Eastern time, just got word that Lamar Jackson is officially out for this game, meaning Tyler Huntley is also going to be a value option here. But in our latest run of simulations, we have Taysom Hill in the optimal lineup 11% of the time. And no one has to tell you that players like Josh Allen have higher ceilings than that. Certainly Tom Brady, who doesn't even crack the top 10 here, he certainly has a higher ceiling than a player like Taysom Hill. But because of that rushing ability and because Atlanta struggles so much on defense, the positive game script looks too good to pass up for Taysom Hill. He's scoring over 30 fantasy points 30% of the time. And at a 6,200 salary, that's really, really tough to pass up. I'm not saying that Taysom Hill is the best passer. I'm not saying that Taysom Hill is a must start. I am saying that in our latest run of simulations, Taysom Hill beats out players like Josh Allen, like Kyler Murray, like Ryan Tannehill, because we want to get to those premium salary flex players, those premium salary wide receivers and running backs instead. So we need a value option at some of those onesie positions. That's where players like Tyler Huntley or Taysom Hill come in. That's why he's in the optimal lineup 11% of the time, more than any other quarterback. And that is going to do it for the week 18 main slate DraftKings contenders video. Oh man, the last main slate. Of course, we are going to have all the content you need for that final Sunday night football game. We'll have the videos, the top five plays for both DraftKings and FanDuel. By the way, if you're looking for the FanDuel version of this video, it's around here somewhere. Go ahead and look for it on the channel. I'm sure we'll be back for plenty of playoff content. Until then, I'm Matt Savoka from awesomeo.com. We'll see you guys next time.